Hey guys, this is Chris and Megan from Tap the Craft. I'm excited to tell you about a new company that we've partnered with called Hopcloth. Hopcloth is based in Tampa, Florida, and they produce some of the best craft beer apparel around. They have great designs such as the Drink Beer From Here series, supporting all 50 U.S. states, as well as other great designs to show that craft beer is not alcoholism, it's a hobby. There are tees, tanks, and hoodies for men, women, and your newborn future beer lovers. We personally own a handful of their shirts, and we can attest they're super soft and comfortable. You can find their website at www.hopcloth.com or check out our Facebook page for links. What community sounds like? Stay open. craft beer friends and welcome to another episode of tap the craft podcast i am denny loose and i'm coming to you from boise idaho and of course my partner in craft from columbus ohio is mr john ream and john how are you doing tonight i'm doing great fresh off some demo work ready Ooh. to go here oh man and, you're, and you have all your fingers your toes uh i should have nine right yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right good job good job well, you know what, John? We have another special friend joining us on this episode, Mr. Chris McKenzie from Tampa, Florida. Chris, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic, guys. How are things in your area? Hot. Yeah, it's, it's hotter. If you said it's 107 in your area, you're hotter in Idaho than I am in Florida. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's 100. it was 107 at my house, which is... A little bit warmer than the average, but yeah, I think we're 97, 98 uh, in the general Boise area, but my house, my wife said, was 107 at outside, So, but it's probably is, more like 103. I think that is nuts. Yeah. Yeah. But we, yeah. Hit 80, we hit 85 today. Well, but you know what's nice is that you hit 85 with humidity of 97%. That's true. I hit 100 at humidity of 30%, so or 50 or whatever. It's a lot less. It's a lot easier Because it's a dry heat. It's a dry heat. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I think I was hotter than Florida today, too, then. Yeah, well. Damn. Well, you, hey, Chris, you better move back to Ohio. Mm, uh, no. No? No. Okay. Not happening. Okay. All right. Well, hey, you know what? We got a show to put on, and let's tell our listeners what the show is all about and what they're going to hear in this episode. So if you are new to the show, we are Tap the Craft Podcast and we focus around education, education about craft beer, and we want to celebrate everything that has to do with that wonderful beverage of craft beer. We want to help you along in your craft beer journeys. And of course, you are listening to episode 76 and we are recording on Monday, June 19, 2017. And uh, it's a special day. Why, why is that? Something happened today. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Um, the Yankees won the Super Bowl. Close. Uh-huh. Uh, no, no. I'll tell you what it is. It's Amanda's birthday today. Oh, that's right. It is Amanda's birthday today. Happy birthday, Amanda. Happy birthday to Happy Amanda. Birthday. Yes. She's a great listener, and uh, I'm glad it's her birthday. 
But uh, we're, we're not talking um, birthdays today. We're not talking birthdays. We're gonna we're gonna. There we're was gonna... something else though. What? No, no, no. Oh, you know what? Uh, it was uh, our our buddy uh, Dave. Good for gaming. It's his twenty fourth wedding anniversary today. Well, happy 20, anniversary. Yeah, 24 years. That's fantastic, too. It's a, it's a great day. And you know what? It's Garfield's birthday today, too. The cat. Garfield the cat. Now, how would you know that? Because I've, I'm old, and Garfield's old, and we celebrate the same birthday. So, Oh, so it's your birthday today. You just didn't <laughs> oh, speak up. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. That's well, happy birthday. All right. Well, moving happy. on. <laughs> oh, I had a song and everything. The guitar is out, and I put new strings on it, and now... Guess we're not singing. Oh, yeah. I saw. I saw that you did uh, restring your guitar. Actually, I saw it with the strings off, all waxed up and looking pretty. Uh, pretty impressive. Yes, it's a it's a fun little toy. Just play it in the play it in the office here. Nobody else ever gets to hear it, so well, you ruined my chances. Well, you know what? You you got an iPhone. You can just do a video and put it up on Facebook for me. Nah, nobody uses Facebook anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we're getting sidetracked here. Let's get on to the show. So, you know what, guys? We're going to talk about the Wee Heavy Scotch Ale Style Guidelines because we're also going to be doing a tasting notes segment with the Founders Dirty Bastard Scotch Ale. So why not talk about the style along with drinking a fine Scotch Ale beverage? And we have some other stuff we might be talking about but I don't want to give it away in the beginning of the show in case we run long because we like to talk about beer. Uh, keep it a surprise. And, of course, because we like to talk about beer, we're going to have some great craft beer conversation, too, because the three of us, we can't stop talking about craft beer. So before we get in to all that craft beer talk, let's let our listeners know and let us know on the show, too, what we're all drinking. So, John, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking uh, Homestead Brewing uh, Pioneer Pilsner. Mm. Um, and this is actually the brewery that is across the parking lot from my office. And this is the first time I've gone in there since I've started working. So clearly I'm, I'm failing. Um, yeah, yeah. Liquid, liquid lunch. Liquid lunch, come on. <clears throat> well, they're not open till 3, so I'll have to take a late <laughs> lunch. Um, you know. But uh, I actually, this is round two in the UKEG. Okay. So I've I've got this uh, on tap, and it was a much cheaper fill this time. Uh, they only charged seven bucks for a growler of this, so I got I filled the one gallon UKEG for fourteen. That's a deal. I think it's a pretty darn good deal. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, UKEG, it's better this go around. Uh, now I'm keeping the the carbonation low. I still get like a third of a glass of foam off the, like at the beginning because mm-hmm. it's still. Like the beer is off gassing and over, like, you know, basically losing its carbonation a little bit as we go here. Um, but it's improved uh, somewhat. I, I, I did try to push my uh, CO2 cartridge, um, but it died almost immediately oh. um, in the new one. So I guess I'll just swap those out every time so I don't deal with pulling it, you know, half a pint in. Okay. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, you, you had to figure it out, right? You, you had to yeah, test it. I, I didn't, you know, if I had half half uh, growler worth in there, you know, that's worth worth keeping them. You know, so okay. So so did you bring the UK growler in an ice bucket up to your uh, spot we were recording, so you can just keep filling that glass as we go? Uh, that would have been smart. 
<laughs> I could have just gone straight from the tap and not worried about the foam at all. Yeah, you know? yeah. Just, but uh, no, it is long flights of stairs away. Okay, so. okay. Well, we'll have to give you a break to go down there and fill that glass up again soon. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you guys will talk about something I won't care about. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about you, Chris? What are you drinking tonight? So tonight I kind of went with um, a nice classic, I guess you would call it. It's New Belgium's Fat Tire. And uh, I ended up buying a um, sampler pack of, of, course. Of, of the New Belgium Fat Tire, the Voodoo Ranger. I think there was a watermelon one in there okay. and Citradelic, maybe. Oh, nice. Um, and... New Belgium's just been kind of one of my uh, one of my favorites lately, so mm-hmm. we we'll just we'll stick with this one. And I think there's one more of this one left. So, and the oh. dogs appreciate it too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you've already you've already drank two of them just since before we started recording. So you're already doing good. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, doing fine. So, what about you, Danny? What are you drinking tonight? Well, I am also drinking a sampler pack beer, and I went to Costco to go get the world. The, the the Sierra Nevada Beer Camp World Beer Camp box. Of course, they didn't have any. I was disappointed because I've heard a lot of people talk good things about that beer uh, collection sampler this this time, and I can't find it in my area now. I'm really bummed because I wanted to try it. But instead, I went ahead and spent a little less money than I would have on that one and got the Sam Adams Summer Seasonal Sample Pack full of six different beers. Of course. Four of those beers are the Boston Lager, but uh, overall, it's not it's not a horrible sampler box, but it's not a it's not a really strong one either. I'll say there's two beers that I really enjoyed in this one, and one of them is the one I'm drinking right now. <clears throat> it's the Sam Adams Summer Ale, and it's a wheat ale with a little bit of lemon in it, and I I think it's very tasty, very refreshing, and it's great on a hot summer day like today. And I drank a couple of them yesterday. When I was on my deck in the sun for Father's Day, and I, I thought, you know what, this is a great beer for podcasting, and I wanted to share it with everyone out there. If they want something light and easy to drink, this is a, a pretty good beer. Have you guys tried this one before? Yes. Yep, me too. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, yeah, it's drinkable, right? You need something drinkable. Very. Yeah. So I just mentioned that uh, Father's Day was yesterday. So John. Um, did you do anything fun for Father's Day, John? Yeah, we had Sausage Fest. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Too much information. Too much information. Well, you know, it's weird. weird in Ohio. It's a day for dads, so uh, we fired up the grill and just kept putting meat on there. You know, <laughs> Is that what they call Did some uh, slow-cooked uh, kielbasa and stuff, and just makes it real nice and, and tender. A bunch of brats and different things. So Okay. It's good. Just hung out with the family. It's awesome. nice. Awesome. I, I kind of did the same thing. I I also barbecued some uh, beer brats. We boiled we boiled the the brats in uh, Samuel Adams Boston Lager, <laughs> which I was disappointed because I thought that the Boston Lager didn't have enough flavor to really give the the brats what we need. So we usually do a little bit uh, you know more flavorful beer, but. Because I had four Boston Lagers in that sampler pack, I thought it was a perfect opportunity to use three of them. Uh, so I'm three Boston Lagers down right now. Uh, but yeah, did you have any sauerkraut on your on your uh, sausage? No, no sauerkraut. Nobody likes sauerkraut in your family. 
I didn't say that. I just said we didn't have any. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. So, Chris, by any chance, I know that uh, I don't think your father is in uh, in Tampa. He's probably in in uh, Maryland or F- Ohio. I'm not sure where he's at. But did you happen to have a barbecue with some sausage too? Uh, I didn't actually. We just um, kind of went. We went to the beach yesterday. Oh. And. Uh, had a couple of beers out at the beach, got ridiculously sunburned, and you know scraped sand out of weird places. <laughs> um, but yeah, but yeah, my dad is in Maryland, and you know we made sure we got in touch with him, and you know just said hello, hey, and happy Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to my dad, happy Father's Day to you guys, and uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers who are listening. Yes, yes, I agree. Thank you, Chris, for 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 uh, for the, the happy Father's Day, and for of course. Wishing all of our great listeners a happy Father's Day that happen to be fathers. Yeah, so yeah, so you, you kind of alarmed me. Uh, you know, you've been in Tampa now for over a year, right? Mm-hmm. And you're still worrying about getting sunburned? I thought you would have been a pro at not getting burnt in the hot Tampa sun. No, you just take the sunburn and you deal with it. <laughs> Okay. There's really okay. nothing you can do about it. You, well, you can put some sunscreen on, right? Doesn't that help? Oh. Well, you do that, and then you get in the water, and then you got to put it on again, and then it just gets annoying. Okay. I'll just take the burn. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, you know what, Chris? I think you had some more fun this weekend, and I want to really hear about uh, what activity you did because I saw that uh, – that you, you you posted something on Facebook saying you were going to a special festival on Saturday. So tell, tell us where you were at Saturday. So on Saturday, Megan and I went to a sour beer festival Ooh. at the Cajun Cafe and Bayou. Cajun Cafe on the Bayou uh, in St. Petersburg, Florida. Um, and it was a lot of local local breweries who brought their, you know, different sours and so there were some um some wild ales and things like that and uh it was just a good time at great food good beers and unfortunately we didn't stay too long because it just got a little too warm mm-hmm. uh, but there's too many people kind of shoved in and it's too small of an area um and you can only drink so many you know berliner vices back <laughs> yeah. to back to back <laughs> before you're just you're done. Yeah. Um, man, the food was spectacular. We, we keep meaning to go to that place. It's a, it's a restaurant normally. Um, but we keep meaning to go to that place just for dinner. And it was nice to be able to sample some of their food too, while we were there. Okay. So did you find any sour beers that you, because everyone knows from the time that you've been on that you're not a big sour beer fan, but you have been warming up to them in the last few months so, is I mean I don't, I don't want to spoil if you're, you're going to talk about some of these uh, later on in the, in the show. But did you have a good time? Did you find some sours that you liked, or was it you were just there supporting the wife? No, no. There, there's actually two in my new and noteworthy okay. that were from that event. Okay, we'll save that for that section then, for sure. Well, good. Yeah, I understand the whole sour. We had a sour beer festival here in the Boise area at Payette Brewing a, a month or two ago. And I would love to go to a sour beer fest if it was something that either was cheap to enter or free to enter and you just buy a glass and you buy some some tokens because I don't want to go to an all-you-can-drink event with sour beers. For one thing, like you said, 
you can only handle so many of these tart and sour beers before you just had enough. If it, if they're especially if they're too sour, and this the price tag for that thing was like sixty five dollars. Yeah, and I'm like, you know uh, what? I'm not paying sixty five bucks to go in and drink maybe five samples of of beer because I just can't. You know, my 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 stomach just can't handle that much uh, sour. Well, the reason that we went, we were um, we were peer pressured into going by Carla from Hopcloth. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> she goes, no, you need to go. It's going to be a fun time, and I've always heard such good things about it. This is something. This is a. Uh, an event that they do every year right around this time. And she's, we were having beers with her the other day and she was like, no, you should go. It's always a good time. The beers are great. And I was like, fine. I, I purchased the tickets from my phone right there. Um, just, just to go and you know, maybe we'll go again. Maybe we won't. We'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Hey, you gotta experience it to see what it's like. So I'm glad, I'm glad you did that. Cause you can go to, you know, IPA tastings and uh, festivals and, uh, you know, uh, Hunapa Day stuff and all that stuff. But sometimes you got to go to some of those special ones. That's good. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't want to yeah. drag on about the sour forever because I think John's bored. But, John, you didn't do anything, did you? No. No, what? Just working, demoing the, the you know, the brewery and, and uh, eating meat. Sausage, you know, okay. Sausage all up in my face and (laughs) no beer fun. Sausage for days. Okay, all right. Uh, Okay, well, then you know what? Then I'm going to skip you. I'm going to go into my my activities. So, again, I didn't do too much. I I went to an event at the Growler Guys in Meridian uh, here uh, nearby, and they had an event with Georgetown Brewing. As John knows, and everyone who's listening to the show, I really enjoyed Georgetown Brewing. And for the most part, they, I mean, up until recently, they didn't do any packaging of their products. You had to get their beers on draft at a place that was serving their beers. Now, i just been seeing stuff, John. I don't know if you know this, but they are, I don't know if, if, if they're starting a, a canning line or not, but I'm seeing pictures on uh, Twitter of Georgetown beers in six-pack uh, paper can uh, packs like uh, Fremont does. Really? Yeah. So I'm looking forward to them getting their beers in six packs in my area. But this was before I knew that was going on. And it may just only be a small uh, area that they're doing it. It may not be widespread, but I think it's pretty cool because Bodhi Zaffa was one of the beers they had in that six pack um, and a couple other ones that I'd love to be drinking all the time. Uh, but I'm, I'm getting off of here but they had an event where they were bringing special beers to uh, the boise area and i was really looking forward to trying some some new stuff from georgetown and guess what they didn't disappoint they did bring four they, they had like six or eight beers on tap and they had four of them that i hadn't had before and one of them of course was uh the gusto crema coffee ale that one was that a gold medal winner john or do you remember what uh, what it won in the Great American Beer Festival? I think it was gold. Uh, so yeah, it was either gold or silver. Yeah, but that's a great beer. Yeah, so I got to have and and here's the thing is I went there and I thought okay I'll just get a flight you know some small beers no 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 you, at these events you can only buy full pints so I went and I went and they had four beers I want to try I drank four pints of beer. Uh, my wife and I went right after work didn't even eat dinner yet went straight there luckily she was driving. 
because after I drank four of these pints, um, I don't think I was in any shape to drive uh, without any you know food in my stomach after work. But the Gusto Crema Coffee Ale, fantastic, really good coffee flavor on a on a light you know cream ale uh, base style, fantastic. Really enjoyed it. Um, they also had they brought Rogers German style Pilsner. Very good Pilsner. I really enjoyed that one, too. Really good. And uh, the one I liked the most of the ones they brought was called Far, 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 Far Away IPA. And this is like a hazy IPA. You know, they went to the New England hazy style. Really big, flavorful, uh, hop, juicy, tropical fruit flavors in there. Really good. Really enjoyed it. Fantastic beer. Uh, I'm glad I was able to get a whole pint of that. That beer, actually, they brought that beer in for the event. That beer, by time the event uh, stopped, was gone. They blew the keg on that IPA. It was a really good IPA. And then the last one I'm going to talk about is the uh, Cocopo Coconut Porter. And this is a coconut porter. And you know how we love to drink coconut porters. I know, Chris... You have mentioned a number of coconut porters. You actually brought a couple of them for me to try when we met up in Las Vegas. We we all love coconut beers. Um, so I was really looking forward to this. And I think this was the first glass I actually got, the first beer I got when I, I got there. And uh, it was good. But you know what? Um, I've been spoiled. And I, and I blame it on you, Chris. Uh, when you bring some of that high-quality Tampa Bay coconut you know, porters and stouts, uh, to me, I, I kind of got spoiled. I expect a lot from my coconut porters now. You're welcome. <laughs> so, John, I don't think this, I think this Cocopo coconut porter is a new beer from them. Have you had a chance to try that one before you left? No. Yeah, the only ones I've had are the of your list are the Gusta Crema and the, and the Pilsner. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah, I think I've had that Rogers Pilsner before, but... I never logged it and untapped. It's one of those beers that either I never logged or um, it disappears. And that's a whole other story. But I swear, beers that I've checked into on untapped are disappearing from my check-ins. And it's the weirdest thing. So, But that's a whole other story. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm going to get to that coconut porter thing. Uh, we're going to continue that in, in a minute. Before I get to that, I just want to talk real quick about uh, the weekend that I spent. Uh, my daughter came, and we went out uh, for dinner with some friends. And, we, of course, after the dinner, we went. We had beers there, and we went and had more beers at the Growler Guys and had a fantastic night. And I've really been enjoying spending uh, a lot of time with my friends and, and drinking and, and with my daughter to be able to en- enjoy that time and get that, you know, sh- show her what it's like. To, to be out and have a good time at a pub, and uh, but I will I want to say this one thing about that I'm a li- I, I I just realized that I'm 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 the wrong sex to get uh, appreciation from breweries. So we went and she drank the she drank the Cocopo, um coconut porter. It was still on tap when we went the, a couple of days after that event, and she uh, she had a, another like a, a couple other beers and. I'll tell you what, it takes, it, it takes an act of God for a brewery to retweet or to comment on anything that I post on Twitter or, or social media or anything. Um, she checks into some beers in Untapped that go to her Twitter thing, and guess what? She's getting retweets, she's getting comments back, she's like, 
wait a minute. Is it because of the pretty face on the Twitter profile? Is that why these breweries like to, uh, you know, retweet and, and comment to the, the female drinkers? What do you think? I think you're jealous. <laughs> I am jealous. <laughs> I, I'm a craft beer podcast host. I should be getting some love. Oh, there it is right there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Someone feels entitled. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So don't you know who I am? I'm Denny Luce. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just think that I I actually, you know, take time to comment, you know, to make some, you know, some some real feedback to to breweries and it'd just be nice if every so often they would show some love and and uh, retweet us or me or whatever, but that's my own little I'll get on Twitter right now and I'll start retweeting your stuff right now. It doesn't count. You're my friend. I need uh, people that are my friends to do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now you're just sounding we'll, needy. Yeah. We'll be sure never to retweet you. Okay. Yeah, never okay. again. Mm-mm. All right. So, um, hey, you guys want to do something different in our show? Something out of turn? No. No. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the there was an article that was actually released in March of of this year from the craftbeer.com, the Brewers Association. And it, it actually listed eight coconut beers that you, that you'll crave right now. That's the name of the article. And I thought, you know what? I just talked about Kokopo coconut porter and how I uh, enjoy coconut beers. And I think a lot of people are kind of confused by coconut. Maybe they think, oh, that sounds horrible in beer. But I thought this might be a good way of introducing people to some great coconut porters and ones that – the you know the three of us have had on this list a few of them I've had a few Chris has had a few and I think John you've had a few and uh, I think the the listener might enjoy uh, reviewing some of these so what do you think you want to review some coconut beers sure okay you guys aren't so excited you're not so excited all right well let's just go through the list really quick I'll start it off because I'm like to talk. So the first one they say is uh, from Perrin Brewing. It's called the No Rules Vietnamese Imperial Porter. It's a this is a big beer. They say it, it comes in at fifteen percent ABV. It says it offers an intensely coconutty experience for the souls brave enough to traverse the dark depths. So uh, what do you think about a I mean a fifteen percent Imperial Porter coconut beer? Does that sound that sounds pretty good. For a hangover. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. That thing could be trouble, you know, because coconut can be a nice, uh, you know, semi somewhat sweet flavor, and that it can, can really cover up a lot of a lot of that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. that beer is fantastic. You've had that one? I have, and you cannot tell whatsoever that that is fifteen percent. That's why it's dangerous. <laughs> uh huh. And oh my god, it is so good. Okay. All right. Well, you know what, Chris. I'm, I think you've had the next one too, and talk about a dangerous beer, um, and maybe a, a kind of a sweet beer. What about the next one? What's on the next one? Oh wait, <laughs> there's no. Are you at the article? Clicking? I am now. I got it. I got it. Oh, Angry Chair Brewing's German Chocolate Cupcake Stout. Have you had that yeah, one? So uh, I have, um, and they uh, they're very. Angry Chair uh, is literally three quarters of a mile down the street from our house, um, and they their uh, their big thing is their beers are a lot of their beers are really sweet, mm-hmm. 
Um, and if you see in the article, they talk about diabetes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they actually have a, a funny picture inside the brewery that says diabetes underneath of it. Um, but yeah, all of their German chocolate cupcake stouts and they had uh, an Imperial German chocolate cupcake stout and, a, uh, it, it's just dessert in a glass and mm-hmm. it's, it's really good. Okay. All right. So John, I think you might've had this beer next. Yeah, I'll do the only beer on this list I've had. Oh! Uh, <laughs> which is the Maui Brewing uh, Coconut High Wap Porter. Um, yeah, n- nice little one uh, you pick up in cans all over. So uh, you actually you I, can't you can't pick it up all over. I, I mean, I wish we could. I mean, we only get it here when they do a special order. To get Maui Brewing into the uh, area, but I mean, maybe in Washington, you guys can get it all. Oh, over. yeah, I can get it all the time. Me too. There. What so. you can get it all the time in Tampa too? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I I actually love this beer, and I, I mean, I don't love the price tag. It's like three dollars a can, but I love the beer, and uh, so yeah. But I wish I could get it more often. If I could get it more often, maybe I'm, I don't know. I, I like it, but it's a little bit expensive. But yeah, it's a great. It's a great one that probably more people have an opportunity to get than than Angry Chair for sure. All right, the so next. This, oh, go ahead, Chris. I was, was going to say this was the was this the Imperial Coconut or no? I mean, no. Oh no no no! So the Imperial Coconut one is even better. Yeah. If you ever get the chance for that one? Yeah, I haven't had the Imperial one yet. Just the regular one. If so, if the reg if the regular one's good and the Imperial one's better, then man, I'm going to be in heaven. Well, next time I see it, once it comes back to Tampa, because it was just here three months ago, give or take, uh, I'll grab you a bottle, see if I can't send it out to you. Oh, you're awesome. You're awesome. All right, the next one is from Vision Quest, which I haven't even heard of Vision Quest uh, Brewing. Have you guys heard of Vision Quest? Yeah, that's this is, It is a brewery, isn't it? Yeah, it's, this, was called, this is a coconut IPA, and this is interesting. I, I don't know if I, I don't, I've never had a coconut IPA, I don't believe. But they say, uh, for those who believe that coconut is only compatible with roasted chocolate flavors of stouts and porters, they encourage you to go on a Vision Quest. Or, in the case of this coconut IPA, just visit Vision Quest. And they say it's a unique beer experience that blends rich coconut with an absurd amount of hops. The current version claims lots of citra. Other hops include Galaxy, Cascade, Sriracha Ace, uh, Mosaic. Uh, Interesting. Interesting. So, I don't know. What do you think about a coconut IPA with a lot of citrus and tropical fruit uh, hops? I think it makes a lot of sense, especially if you sway more towards the tropical, because it's gonna, you know, kind of give you the reminiscent of of like a pina colada or something. Fruity drinks. Yeah. Yeah. So, John, now has this just uh, got your your thinking gears rolling of something that you might experiment with in your pilot system? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Well, if they're willing to send us any, I would be willing to try it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Hey, get on that, Chris. See if we yeah, can. Yeah. Uh, Such I'll a sacrifice out. you're willing to make. <laughs> well, I do it for you guys. All right, so I think the next one we're going to talk about is another one local here to to me in Tampa is uh, Big Top Brewing's Hawaiian Lion Coconut Porter. And uh, I know this was another one that came out to Las Vegas with me. It was. Um, the uh, coffee and coconut allow for a more balanced beer. 
is uh, what's stated in the article. And uh, the f- says the first pilot runs were heavy on the coffee and light on the coconut. And we felt the coconut sweetened the beer and added more complexity. Mm. So sounds like whales, bro. Whales, bro. <laughs> whales, <Yeah>. bro. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, I absolutely loved this beer. Uh, well done. I mean, really, really good. So if, if anyone can get this beer in their area, uh, for sure, grab it. You won't be disappointed. Really good. <laughs> yeah, next is from uh, Bottle Logic Brewing out in uh, California. Stronger than fiction. It's actually barrel-aged. A barrel-aged strong ale uh, that ended up with some chocolate and vanilla notes. So they decided, hey, we should add some coconut to that. They did it afterwards. <laughs> it became, became a coconut beer after, after a time in the barrel. Wow, that's another odd. Now, you're right. It makes sense that the barrel character adds that vanilla. So, of course, yeah, coconut would go well. But it's interesting that it's, you know, it's a uh, strong ale. Uh, that's just, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. I got to try that one. I need to go, I need to go. Is that in San Diego? Or is uh, it, no. It's not in San Diego. Anna, oh, it says Anaheim. Yeah, it just said right there in the article. Okay. All right. I need to go pay a visit to Robert, chew your beer. And we need to go to Bala Logic and try some of this beer. It sounds fantastic. All right. Another one down there in the uh, lower California area is from the brewery, Mash and Coconut. It's a barley wine. Interesting. The uh, Mash and Coconut ratchets up the complex coconut character and complements the oaky and vanilla notes that are imparted to the beer as part of his extensive maturation Maturation? How do you say that? What is that word? Maturation. Maturation in bourbon barrel. So very similar to the bottle logic. Uh, it's, it you know, takes on some of those notes from the barrel and uh, adds coconut. It's a good mix. Have you guys had that one? I have I not. Think, I don't think I have either. Okay. I knew we do see brewery down here, so I, maybe we'll have to go find that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the last one, Chris, this, I, you've had this beer, right? <clears throat> Not that I'm aware of, no. Oh, I, I, I haven't. I haven't been. Uh, li- <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't been to Licking Hole Creek lately. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I haven't had this one. What about you, John? Have you had uh, a little Licking Hole? I have not. <laughs> Well, Denny, next time next time you're in Virginia, I think you should give it a give it a go at finding this one. I will. I'll have to. Somebody somebody that listens to the show has had this beer, uh, the Coconut Quad, and maybe it was our buddy uh, Tom Joseph. Maybe he's the one that mentioned this beer. Somebody's mentioned this beer, and uh, it, when he mentioned it, I I definitely wanted to try it. Very very interesting. Uh, a quad, a Belgian quad, with coconut. I mean. This kind of makes sense too, right? The sweetness of the Belgian candy, you know, sugars and and coconut. Um, yeah, I, I could see it. it. It'd be it definitely be a game time decision for me since, uh, you know, <clears throat> the the esters and things that you can get out of the east. You know, you definitely have to know what you're getting, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So their their brewery is located in Goochland, Virginia. <laughs> I have no idea where Goochland is, um, yeah. but I guess we're about to find out. All right. All right. So, hey, that was a little bit of break from our normal show. Uh, hey, we're, we're living on the edge this this episode. 
But, uh, John, um, fill us in. You mentioned earlier that you were doing some demo on the brewery. So why don't you fill us in on how things are going with your brewery startup? Yeah, so we're we're still pulling stuff out, uh, waiting for our permit to come through so we can uh, start putting stuff in. Um, I was over there uh, today get, getting a bunch of uh, old broken equi- kitchen equipment and other metal uh, out into a recycling dumpster so it can get uh, repurposed. So that's good. Um, but uh, a lot of uh, just getting things uh, out that we're not going to use anymore and trying to save and protect things that we might be able to repurpose and use. Um, so testing equipment, seeing what, <clears throat> what'll work and what won't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, it's been a little slower than we were hoping. Um, but, uh, we had some meetings with engineering, uh, folks that are finishing up our plans right now. And, um, so hopefully we'll get some good forward progress here. Okay. Uh, soon. Um, but, uh, I think I mentioned on the last episode or, uh, maybe just attending, I can't remember if it made it in, but, uh, we went to, uh, Ohio craft beer association meeting. Uh, so the meeting was held over in, uh, Dayton, Ohio at uh, warped wing brewing company. Uh, and they had a nice big open space. They had, uh, vendors there doing like a mini trade show type thing. Um, met with some other brewers and other folks and, uh, got the lowdown on what's going on across the state and what folks are working on. Um, we were able to talk to, uh, some potential suppliers and some folks that we've already, we were already planning to work with. Uh, so it was good to touch base with them again. Um, yeah, overall a good meeting. Uh, and you know, it's, it's great that everybody's willing to come together and, you know, for the greater cause, you know, help each other out, share, uh, issues, things that are working, you know, that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's great. Um, and then, uh, the other big thing that we've been doing is the Indiegogo or the Indiegogo or the Indiegogo. <laughs> However, uh, Danny wants to do it. Um, but, uh, we were, we're past halfway point. We're up, uh, 63% of the way to our, uh, $15,000 goal. On there, Sweet. and uh, we named a fermenter. Somebody named a fermenter. Yes. Which is awesome. Wow. So, do we have a name for the fermenter yet? We do. Uh, fridge dancer. Fridge dancer. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, sexy. Yeah. So, uh, I look forward to to putting a lot of beer in fridge dancer. Okay. So, so. how how are you gonna uh, how are you gonna placard this fermenter with the name? Is it just gonna be is it gonna be uh, etched in or is it going to be a plaque on there or how are you going to put the name on there uh we're working through the details of that right now it's not going to be etched i don't think um but uh there might be a plaque um or we might do some fancy uh lettering some lettering yeah that'd be great okay and and how many fermenters are up for naming Uh, all six of them or there's four total available so three more okay so three more guys don't miss out on your opportunity to name a fermenter. Well, when this when this episode releases, you'll have just a little over a week to uh, to finalize anything you guys have on Indiegogo. So, yeah, yeah, and uh, 
like was sort of in the uh, outtakes last time if you made it that far. Um, you know, there's no worry if we don't get there that you don't get your stuff. We're going to send you your stuff and then we'll just make do and do our best to get a, a great patio together. So, yeah. um, so if, if you're eyeing something that you, that you like, go, go do it. So twice, go buy two of them. Um, and, uh, links will be in the show notes and all over Facebook and Twitter. If you're following the brewery, Trek Brewing. Yeah. It's everywhere. So, it's everywhere. All right. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's all you had. Okay. All right, Chris. How about some of those noteworthy beers that you were talking about that you had at that Sour Beer Fest? Okay. So one of the ones that we had was from – so everything that I have from my new and noteworthy have are all local here to Florida. Um, two of them are here in Tampa. One is in the Miami-Fort Lauderdale area. And we have the first one was from Jay Wakefield Brewing, which was um, is a very sought after brewery down here. Uh, had their orange creamsicle. I want to say it was a Berliner Weiss, but mm. it was their orange creamsicle. Um, and it, I, I told Megan, I, I said, I, I want to make love to this beer. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, it was it was so good. I mean, it was just it was really it hit the spot for. Um, for a really hot day and uh it you know the vanilla and the orange it just worked really well and then a little sour in the back was just it was just good uh gave that one a four and a half cap um rating on on that one it was just it was so good i i I actually had two glasses of that Mm. um the second one is from probably one of my new favorite breweries that we've been to arcane ale works. Um, they're about a half hour from us now. Um, they had a cantaloupe Berliner Weiss, which was called cant hmm. elope. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I see. It was so clever. Um, and everything that I've ever had from this brewery has just been phenomenal. Um, but this one was really good. The the cantaloupe flavor stood out really just enough that it wasn't overpowering. It was just, it was just good. Uh, I, I had two glasses of that as well. Um, so I, I think out of, even though we stayed for an hour to that, to that, uh, event, I, I got my money's worth out of it. Well, good. Um, it was just, it was really good. I gave that one a five cap. Um, that was I wish there was more of that beer. Hmm. And then my last one was from 610 Brewing. Uh, my good buddy Chris Johnson uh, puts out a beer called CBGB. Um, and then he puts a lot of different flavors into the CBGB. And the CBGB is, again, a Berliner Weiss that he adds different flavors to. This one he adds Butterfinger to. Hmm. like the candy bar and um it's not something you really think would work together a peanut butter chocolate and then berliner but it does it does so well anything that he makes that is based with that beer i will drink and it's always good hmm. uh, and that was I, w- I went four and a quarter caps <laughs> on that one <laughs> <laughs> it's that quarter cap 
That's well, you know, it's, I don't want to give him too much credit. Yeah, but, get his head um, to blow up. Yeah, yeah, it was. All of those were just. Um, they're all phenomenal beers, and they're all in the sour category. Um, all Berliner Weisses, uh, and that's kind of a category that I've been sticking with a lot lately, uh, because once it starts getting really hot here, it's either those or um, you know some of the session things, and they're just really good. Uh, sitting out on the beach or out on a boat or something like that. So, um, but John, what uh, what have you had out as far as some of your new and noteworthies? All right. Well, you and uh, all Berliner Weiss. I'm going to go all IPA. Oh, uh, <laughs> so uh, I'll start with the beer that uh, I was enjoying during our uh, Ohio uh, Craft Brewers Association meeting, and that's the Warped Wing uh, Gamma Bomb. Uh, it's their IPA. Uh, I think it clocks in at like seven, two or something like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was very nice. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, nice big hit of citrus. Uh, and, uh, it, it was a nice one to just kind of sip on and, you know, knowing I had a, a two hour drive back home, um, afterwards. So, uh, I, I really enjoyed that beer. Um, and then, uh, next I'll, I'll go North, uh, in the state, uh, up to Cleveland for platform and their mm-hmm. elevated hop Randall ramble, yes. um, which I really, which was, was very good. Um, they, they kind of call it a new England IPA, uh, variant, I guess. I, I wish I had brought one of the cans up cause it lists all the hops that are, that are in this beer. Um, and it's a lot and all the good ones. Um, <laughs> so, uh, they got a lot going into this, uh, but, um, it's very tasty. Uh, not, it does, it does fit into that style in terms of it. It doesn't have, uh, a big bitter hit, you know, it's, a, it's softer. It's got, you know, more of the citrus tropical, you know, fruity type things going on. So, uh, it's really well done and, uh, it's still, still around in this area at least. So if you're, if you're in Ohio and you see it, I'd recommend grabbing it. Um, and, uh, then finally I'll go back to Columbus, uh, for North high brewing and their grapefruit walleye. Oh yeah. Uh, which is a session IPA actually, but it's got just a killer grapefruit aroma. Uh, it just jumps out of the glass at you. Uh, and this was, it was very refreshing beer. I, went through six pack of this, uh, during our last, uh, bout in the nineties here, um, with a very high humidity. <laughs> so, uh, but that one hit the spot and was definitely, uh, nice to have during the heat. So, um, yeah, but another, uh, found another session IPA that I enjoyed. So oh, good. It's good. So Danny, what do you got for us? All right. Well, you know what? I think we put our order in the perfect order. We went from the light, zesty, refreshing uh, Berliner Weisses to the little bit more amped up uh, hop forward uh, IPAs. And now I'm going to go to the other extreme. And I'm starting off with some uh, Belgian beers. And the first one was one that I had this bottle for a while. And I just needed to have the right time to drink it. And that right time was when I brought my buddy... Alex over and, and Nikki to uh, come have dinner with us and uh, drink beer and have a barbecue and have a good time. And this is from the Commons Brewery in Portland, Oregon. And this is the Bourbon Little Brother Belgian Dark Strong Ale. Uh, 
And uh, this beer is one of the beers that perfectly utilizes the bourbon barrel. The character was there very subtly in the vanilla oaky notes, but without the overbearing bourbon, you know, bomb that you normally get. It just it it, it highlighted just enough, and uh, brought out all that wonderful flavors from the Belgian dark strong ale. And you guys know, you know, John, you know, I'm a huge fan of the Belgian dark strong ale, and this one was fantastic. I actually gave it a five cap rating. Um, I'd love for you, John, to do the loose cannon, make a version of it with a little bit of that bourbon barrel oak chips, uh, soaked oak chips that you do, or even in your little bourbon barrel that you have. That'd be great. Or now you have a bigger yeah, brewery, you I, can do it in the big barrel. <laughs> yeah, I like that combo. Uh, I don't have the little barrel anymore, unfortunately. Oh, um, I got it to a brewer in Washington that could use it and not have to worry about it uh, drying, drying out, out and having issues while I came across and got everything set up. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I like that combo. It sounds good. Yeah. It was done really well. Now, John, you, you have visited Commons Brewery when you're in Portland or have you not? No, I haven't visited there. Um, I've listened to a couple talks from the founder. Um, but, uh, other than that, I've just sampled their beers a couple of times when I've had the, had the chance. Okay. So. Okay. Well. It's a great brewery. This is actually, I think, the first Commons Brewery beer I've had, and I'm very impressed. So um, I'll be heading to uh, Portland for the Portland Beer Craft Beer Festival in a little bit over a week. And I'm thinking on a side trip, we might make it down the Commons and enjoy some more of their beers on tap. It'd be great. All right, the next beer is another uh, Belgian beer. It's from Crux Fermentation Project out of uh, Bend, Oregon. And it's called their Freak Cake. Freak Cake Banished, 2016 Flanders Old Bruin. And uh, again, uh, very well done, uh, you know, Flanders Old Bruin. I, I, it's, it's a hard beer for me to describe. It's just uh, very tasty and very, uh, I don't know, just very good. It was uh, barrel aged and, and uh, nicely done. That's all I have to say. So did, yeah. did that one get uh, into more of the vinegary, like, sourness or no actually what i liked about this is that it wasn't the vinegary it wasn't like a uh, a flanders red it was more like an old brune it was just lightly and uh, just a hint of that uh tartness but it was very subtle not strong um easily drinkable somebody that doesn't like sour or tart beers they might get a little bit off by it, but it's it's not very bad. It's not bad at all. It's definitely not like a like the uh, like a regular Flanders red that is is super vinegary. Yeah, but this one's uh, I think because the aging that they did in the barrel maybe settled out some of that uh, mm. that harshness. No, if if it was there, it would get worse in the barrel. Oh, really? Uh, is that that's uh, due to oxygen availability, oh, which okay. would increase in time in the barrel. Yeah, but no, this was a, a great beer. I had this, uh, you know what? My buddy Alex got this for me at Growler Guys, a whole pint of it. Um, very, very tasty. Very, very good. I gave it four and a half cap. I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I, I don't know if I'd say it was better than the old Bruin I had at Edge. Um, maybe close to each other. They're, both of them are very good. A little bit different. This one came across a little bit stronger than the one that Edge Brewing I talked about. You know, back at uh, 
at uh, in February for St. Patrick's Day. I, I went and had that one. But yeah, great beer. Um, if you guys can get that here in the local area or in Bend and or- Oregon, definitely grab it. It's worth the money. Uh, and then the last one I'm going to talk about was when we were at Sockeye Brewing. I've been visiting Sockeye quite a bit. I went there uh, to have dinner with, with our friends, and, and I also wanted to have a beer that one of our listeners uh, pointed out, local listeners pointed out that, hey, try this beer if it's there. It's really good. It was an apple, like an apple-jacked amber, uh, barrel-aged amber or something. And he told me about it on Wednesday, and when I went there Friday, it was already gone, so I had no chance of getting it. But they did have a few other beers I enjoyed, and here's one of them I really enjoyed. It's their Dangerous Golden Stout, and that's what it is. It's a golden stout. It's a you know that this style always amazes me that so much roasted coffee flavor can come out of a you know blonde looking ale, uh, but very good. Um, not only did I have a glass and enjoy it, but my daughter had a full glass of this too, and she really enjoyed it. And uh, that says a lot. It means a pretty smooth golden stout with some great flavor. Uh, so yeah, if you're in the area, go try it. I get four and a quarter. There's that quarter. See. I, I got a quarter rating in there too for Wes. Yeah, Wes is seething right now from you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now we've got some feedback from our last show, and the, and we got one feedback actually and a question. So we'll go to the feedback first. We've got from uh, Chad Lamasa at Chad Lamasa on Twitter. He mentions another great episode, fellas. I kept thinking you were talking about Sawtooth Beer from Left Hand Brewing, though not that brewery. And, uh, yeah, I can see where you could get uh, confused hearing Sawtooth if you're only familiar with that beer. But, yeah, Sawtooth Brewery is a brewery in Ketchum, Idaho. And uh, John and I, we had a good time trying those beers last show, and uh, they were pretty tasty, especially that IPA. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kristen actually had the same comment for Sawtooth. She's like, wait, the left-hand thing? Like, no, 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 it's different. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so I'm sure that Chad isn't alone because if if Chad and Kristen both had the same feeling, then I'm sure we had a lot of listeners. So I apologize if I was confusing in that. Uh, maybe I should be more clear next time. So hey, for our next uh, brewery that uh, provides us some beer, I'll be much more clear on the brewery. All right, who wants to take the listener question? John's got it. Okay. All right. Yeah, and then our question. Uh, has been a, a bit of a a mainstay, I guess, <laughs> for our listener questions. As from Mike Mahoney at, at Captain Mike M uh, over from the Forty Cast, he said, "Thanks for answering our question, uh, Tap the Craft." The next question was, "What IPAs do you recommend for new IPA drinkers?" So, uh, Denny, you want to want to give some? Okay, I'll, I'll I'll give a few and. As we mentioned in the last episode, John and I both recommended that if you want to get into IPAs, it's probably best to start off with pale ales. Get your palate ready for those hops. And so I'm going to suggest a pale ale in case he hasn't had this one before, a Sierra Nevada pale ale. That's a good leader in, you know, that kind of more hoppier pale ale, a good lead in to IPA. So if you haven't had Sierra Nevada's pale, go ahead and try that. I think, think that would be a good one to enter into more hoppier beers. The next couple that I'm going to mention is, you know, Mike, I know you love Full Sail Brewing Session Lagers and Session Beers. Well, guess what? They have a Session IPA. Now, this isn't a world-class IPA. It's not going to – but what it's nice about it is it's not going to 
you know, sock you in the mouth or in the, you know, side of the head with a bunch of big hoppy citrus hop bomb stuff. It's going to be, it's, I just had uh, a bunch of these with, I just drank a full sale 12 pack last week. So, um, I had four of these in that, in that sampler pack I drank. And you know what? As I was writing up, trying to figure out beers for you, I thought this is one that I think you can find. And I think it's a good entry into IPAs. It gives you a little bit of that bitterness, a little bit of flavor without overwhelming your taste buds. So try the full cell. And the next two are going to be a little bit stronger. Uh, Goose Island IPA, which is found all over the, the nation. And again, it's a little bit uh, more step up from the full cell. Gives you a little bit more of that bitterness and that flavor, the hot flavor that you're looking for in IPA. Not overwhelming. I think that was a good one to go into. And then if you want to kind of start to, to, to give your taste buds a little extra wham, then you can't go wrong with the Deschutes Brewing or Deschutes Brewery Fresh Squeezed IPA. This is going to give you some of that, uh, what, do you, what is it, John, like grapefruit? Is it kind of a grapefruit uh, citrus flavor, right, in this Fresh Squeeze? Yeah, I think yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's been a little bit since I had it, but that sounds right. Yeah, I, I have it. I actually have this beer all the time, but I was trying to remember the bitterness, and I think I'm pretty sure it's grapefruit. So this one's going to give you some of that citrus, grapefruit bitterness, but it's really easy drinking and really good. And I think that's a good. Those are some good entry level IPAs from my my bag of tricks. So John, what about your bag of tricks? Yeah, so I'll start start small and build up uh, as well. Um, so uh, I would recommend the, the Founders uh, All Day IPA. This is also in that session, you know, IPA, you know, kind of bridge between the pale ale and the IPA category, and um, is very easy to drink, very refreshing. They actually put it out in fifteen packs, which I just finished one up in the last like, <laughs> month or so. So um, yeah, definitely a a nice one, and you know. One one fell swoop, you got you got plenty of beer for a while. That's easy to drink. So uh, then uh, up bit up closer to you, uh, Dockfish Head sixty minute IPA. Uh, it's a good one. It's kind of it was kind of a standard really on the East Coast for a long time. Um, I guess it still really is, but um, now it's almost a classic, which is weird. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, then uh, round off with some Bell's Two-Hearted um, IPA, uh, which um, might be might be a bit of a a bit of a reach, but I think it's a good one to kind of ha- have in there to maybe build to. So I don't, that's what I'd I'd go with. Uh, Chris, how about you? All right, so I'll go with um, I'll kind of start from the lighter end and work my way work my way down like you guys did. Um, from Ithaca Brewing Company in New York, uh, their Flower Power IPA. Um, I, I've had this once, so bear with me. I've had this <laughs> once. It was a couple of years ago, um, but I do remember it being um, citrusy. There was kind of some... Uh, there, it, I think this one is dry hopped as well. Yeah, so I'm I'm on beer advocate right now. Um, <laughs> so, I'm cheating. I'm sorry. I want to make sure Mike gets the uh, correct beers for what he wants. Um, so boasts a pineapple and grapefruit flavors. Uh, flower power is dry hopped. 
with uh, five different times throughout the brewing and fermentation process. Oh, wow. Um, and I do remember really liking this beer, at least on Beer Advocate, they get a score of 93 out of 100. So um, as far as I remember, it definitely one that I, I enjoyed when we were up that way visiting some family. Um, and then the next one we'll go to was, um, I'll go with two of them from New Belgium. One is uh, the Citradelic Tangerine IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, very, uh, very easy to drink because it has a, it has the nice orange flavor, some nice citrus notes in, in behind it that, um, it, this is just one beer that I've had before that just is way too easy to drink. Yeah. And, uh, I, I would definitely start with this one if I was getting into IPAs myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and if you prefer lime, they have a lime version. So yeah, I haven't had the lime really? one yet. Yeah, I haven't had that one yet. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I have to look for that one. Um, their Voodoo Ranger series. Um, this may be hit or miss, just because I do know that it can be. You know, the Voodoo Ranger series. There's an Imperial IPA in there, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not that you're biased or anything. I love that beer. Um, yeah, um, but the. Everything from New Belgium I've I've had has just been they're solid. Everything that they put out is good, um, and uh, that that one's actually a seven percent one now that I'm looking at it. Um, but let's see, this one might be a little bit of a hop bomb though. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's plenty of malt in there that I think should balance it out, um, and the same with um, Cigar City's Highlight. Uh, I don't know if he gets that where he is, um, but I drink this one all the time, just mostly because it's available pretty much everywhere mm-hmm. uh, and from where we are. Um, but if I can get a hold of this one and, um, I mean, anywhere, any any place that you go here in Tampa, you can get this beer. Um, but it's very tropical. There's a little bit of maybe like, there's a bit of bitterness to it, but it drinks really easy and some uh, nice tropical fruit notes in the finish, which which it's just an enjoyable beer. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, all in all, I mean, these these are some pretty solid beers to start with if you're getting into the IPA category. Um, but what I always tell people is if they are drinking a style of beer and they say, I don't like it, you just haven't tried the right one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> There are so many of them out there that uh, if you don't like one of them in a certain style, go try another one because that's the reason I started liking IPAs myself. So mm-hmm. I just kept trying them. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, we all can agree that uh, even if you find an IPA that's not on our list that you're cu- curious about, look and see what the flavors are going to be of that IPA. And I think if you find tropical flavor uh, IPAs, those are going to be a lot easier on your on your palate and not so harsh. I'm not saying they're going to be – they won't be. They can't be, but they, they could be. But a lot of them are a lot easier to drink. Um, and like Chris mentioned, that tangerine citradelic IPA, that tangerine adds like a sweet citrus flavor. So it really is a nice, easy-drinking IPA that I think you can really get into. You're not going to be drinking pine trees, right? That's – that's the whole thing. You don't want to be <laughs> sucking down a bunch of bitter pine. I know that's hard to take when you first get started in IPA. So 
Look for some of the tropical stuff, maybe some of the citrus stuff, especially the sweeter citrus stuff that, that kind of eases your palate. And I think you'll be happy. So hopefully that answered your question. And if again, Mike, if you have any other questions, you know where to send them, and we'll answer them on the air. All right, guys, we have a contest. Yes, we're going to have another contest. And this uh, contest, we're going to be offering or giving away our first shirt from our friends at Hopcloth. And you'll be able to win a drink beer from here shirt with your state and whatever size you want to wear or you want to want to provide. And uh, it's easy to win. And you're going to have a lot of opportunities, a lot of different ways that you can get entries into this contest. And uh, let me just kind of spell out real quickly what they are. They'll be written up on our Facebook page. Uh, so you guys can see them on the Facebook page when the face, the, uh, this episode is posted. And... Uh, you do any of these things, and you'll get an entry. If you do multiple ones, you'll get an entry for each one you do. So the more you do, the more chances you have to win. And all you have to do is either like the Episode 76 Facebook post, share the 76 Facebook post, like and follow Tap the Craft uh, Facebook page, leave us an iTunes review. And here's the kicker. Anyone that's already left an iTunes review, guess what? You're already entered into the contest. We... We love our iTunes reviews, and for every iTunes review, you're automatically in our contest. So if you go do that, you can get an entry in for the rest of your life. So how about that? And uh, retweet our episode 76 Twitter posts when we post it. And, of course, mention Tap the Craft episode 76 in a Twitter post, and you'll also have an opportunity to get an entry into there. So one, two, three, four, five, six different ways to enter into this contest, you can have six entries if you do all six. So pay attention to the uh, release and get your, your entries in for winning a shirt. Oh, yeah, and you'll have two weeks to get your entries in. We will announce the winner on our next episode. So get to it. Show your support for Tap the Craft and Hopcloth. All right, guys, if you would like to contact the show with your comments or questions, you can reach us through email at tapthecraft@gmail.com, or you can... Uh, tweet us on Twitter at Tap the Craft. And of course, feel free to follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tap the Craft. And now we want to give Open Forum Radio a plug because these guys, they provide the hosting space at OpenForumRadio.com. And if you enjoy the content that we put out, then we know you'll find some other great shows like the following. Hey, you. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny and John. Now, I know you're a crafty consumer. And if you would like to consume other great podcasts, check out OpenFormRadio.com. We house such podcasts as Opaform Radio Proper, The 40 Cast, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, Just Press Start, The Married Gamers, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Lost Treasures of Gaming, Primetime, My Peanut Gallery, and many, many more. And please remember to leave these fine fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this show. Again, thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft. All right, well, now it's time for the Brew Buzz segment. And the Brew Buzz segment, for anyone who's new to the show, is a segment that we like to devote to talking about different topics concerning education of craft beer. And this week, we are going to discuss the British Wee Heavy style guidelines in accordance with the Beer Judging Certification Program 2015 style guidelines. So we're going to have a tasting note segment with a Scotch Ale. But you know what? There's not really in the BJCP there's not really a Scotch ale style. That's kind of part of what they call the strong British ale style. 
Then this category contains all the stronger non-roasty beers that come from the British Isles. And this one is fits more more into the wee heavy style. We're going to go and do a round robin. We're going to kind of go through this a little bit faster than normal only because because we have the three of us we can get through it a lot faster and we can get right into that tasting notes segment. So I'm going to start off with the overall impression of the wee heavy style. It is a rich, malty, dextrous, and usually caramel sweet. These beers can give an impression that is suggestive of a dessert. Okay, I, I can see that. They can be a little bit sweeter. Uh, it has a complex secondary malt and alcohol flavors that uh, prevent a one-dimensional quality. Okay, it's not a one hit pony, a one-dimensional pony. Uh, strength and maltiness can vary, but it should not be cloying or syrupy, and I agree. Uh, nothing's worse than having that sweetness overpower the beer and get to where it's just kind of really cloying, or it gets too thick and it's like, you know, heavy, syrupy. The aroma of a wee heavy is deeply malty with a strong caramel component. It's lightly smoky. Secondary aromas may also be present, adding complexity. But peat smoke is inappropriate, so no peat malt. Always. 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 Always, always inappropriate. <laughs> diacetyl should be low to none, and that, I agree with that with all beers. I don't like diacetyl at all, but, yeah, this one, I mean, I, this one would be really bad if you have a lot of uh, butterscotchy uh, popcorn, uh, butter popcorn type uh, flavor in it. No, it would totally throw off my, my wee heavy um, it also says low to moderate esters and alcohol are often present in stronger versions. The hops are very low to none and can be slightly earthy or floral. So again, you don't want to have this. These these uh, wee heavies are not a a hop uh, significant uh, beer style. It's a very low hop. You're not going to play a big part in it. Just going to try to keep it down so it's, the sugars don't get too out of hand. All right, John. So what do you think about the appearance? All right, so uh, our appearance, light copper to dark brown. So you got to really nail that because mm-hmm. the judges will know, you know, if you vary just a little bit. Um, often with deep ruby highlights, it uh, should be clear, no haze uh, in the style. Uh, usually has a large tan head, uh, which may not persist. And uh, the legs of the beer may be evident in stronger versions. Which won't take much in this since you're already like, you know, putting the low end at like eight <laughs> percent. Um, so getting up there to to get those legs, those alcohol legs, will be not too difficult. Uh, but then the flavor, uh, rich, richly malty with significant caramel, particularly in stronger versions. Uh, hints of roasted malt may be present. Uh, sometimes perceived as a faint smoke character, uh, as may some nutty character all of which may last into the finish. Did I mention peat smoke is inappropriate? <laughs> uh, it is. Um, hop flavors and bitterness are uh, low to medium low. Malt presence uh, should dominate the balance. Uh, that's a weird way to, to use the word balance. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've talked about that before. Anyway, I'll move on before I get sidetracked. Uh, I've Diacetyl again, uh, low to none. Uh, I would also push towards none. Yeah. Uh, low to moderate esters uh, and alcohol are usually present. Uh, I guess they don't want you to taste the alcohol. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
esters may suggest uh, plums, raisins, dried fruit. Um, so that's getting into those darker greens. And really, uh, I think in this, in the wee heavy, you know, they they say caramelly, but I would mm-hmm. expect to get more of these dark fruit characters, which you do get from darker caramel malts. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what do I know? Yeah. Um, the the palate is usually full and sweet, uh, but the finish may be sweet to medium dry, sometimes with a light roasty grainy note. Is it? But, would you say roasty grainy or more like a, a toasty? I, I, sometimes um, I get like a toffee, like a. I mean, in some of these, I, I describe it as toffee flavor. But is, yeah, but I I wouldn't put that as toasty either. Okay. Um, that's more of a. A description of the sugar, okay. I would say, um, okay. the way the sweet, yeah, is like across. a like a burnt, um, yeah, like a burnt sweetness, uh, caramel. Yeah, because it's 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 taking the caramel to a different level. Okay, right. Um, but uh, roasty grainy, I, I could see toasty grainy um, would be in there, but uh, you know, it, it's gonna uh, part of that is gonna be the the individual palate and how it perceives it. Yeah. Um, so, Chris, let's stick it in our mouth. Let's yeah, put it in our mouth. <laughs> see how it feels. All right. So we'll talk about the uh, mouthfeel. Medium full to full bodied with some versions, uh, but not all having a thick, chewy viscosity in the mouth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a smooth alcoholic warmth is usually present and is quite welcome since it balances the malty sweetness and you're probably going to find moderate carbonation in this style. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the comments, it could also be known as a strong scotch ale, and the term wee heavy means small strong and traces to the beer that made the term famous, Fowler's Wee Heavy, a 12-guinea ale. Mm. Have you had that? No. no. I don't think I have either. I had Fowler's before, but I don't think I've had the wee heavy 12-guinea ale. Um, and then historically, the strongest beer from the Scottish ale is uh, the Party Guile. Party Guile. And- no, 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 no. From, from a Scottish <laughs> ale, Party Guile. Not- <sighs> Shut up, John. <laughs> well, Party Guile is uh, brewing multiple beers out the same mash. So this is right. basically taking the first runnings because it has the most sugar in it. Oh, okay. So. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, it's interesting because when I w- was with Chris in Las Vegas, we had a Party Guile. And I had no idea what the style was. I had to be taught by Chris explaining to me what the party guy was all about, which uh, now John just schooled us again because he's saying the Scotch Ale is a first draw from the grains. Uh, what would be the second draw from a party Well, gal? you can do it with different with different style families. Um, you know, like uh, you can do it with English pale ale to bitter to you know, mild type type thing. And you can actually alter it a little bit by throwing a little different grain in um, each time. Like you get a little color by tossing in some dark malt and mm-hmm. darken up the next one. And but basically you just pull all the, all the liquid off the mash, boil that, make a beer, you know, fill it with water, let it steep while you're making your other beer and then pull all that out again and make another beer. And it's going to have, you know, less sugar available, so it's going to be a lighter yeah. ale. 
Okay, um, so you so you'll work down to a, a British mile, basically, it would be the last beer you made, the weakest one. Sure. I mean, tip. I mean, yeah. well, the uh, that Her Majesty's Fusion Pleasure Barley one that I did for you, <laughs> I did that as a party guile. I did a, a pale ale after that. Oh, okay. So it okay. I'm getting sidetracked, but did you notice that uh, somebody checked into that beer uh, last weekend? Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, uh, I took one of the bottles that you gave me when you came through town, and I shared it with my buddy Alex. And I said, "Hey, this is a great beer. I wanted, I wanted to let you know something. No, um, the beer is. It needs to be. I need. I think I need to drink my rest of my bottles because it's starting to get past the age of fantasticness. Um, but it still tastes good. But you gotta let it breathe. If you first pop the bottle and." And pour it into a glass and take a whiff. I'm getting a lot of uh, of sour uh, sour notes out of the aroma, like some maybe some green apple or what is that? Uh, uh, DMS? No. What's the no? That be what's the sour apple like smell? Uh, acid aldehyde. Acid Yeah, I get. I'm getting that. But as you let it sit and air out. Hmm. Uh, it, it clears up. So, what do you think about that, John? It, 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 well, it could have been. It could also be a bottle that wasn't sanitized too well. So, no, I don't believe that because I know you're anal you know, about uh, sanitizing. <laughs> so, but I want to give you a little heads up in case you had any bottles left. I'd be curious to see what you thought of it because definitely when we first opened it, it definitely had a big, strong. Uh, like a sour note to it, but as soon as we let it air out and settle a little bit, then it 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 tasted fine and it was it went down good. But it did have a weird flavor and aroma when we first opened it. Hmm. Well, I'll have to uh, crack one open. I think I just put one in the fridge. I just put a bunch of bottles in the fridge, so okay. I'll have to see if I have I have one there. But oh. uh, yeah, so now that we've gone into party gal. About the history. <laughs> the history. Yeah, let's talk about the history of, uh, of a Scottish Wee Heavy. And uh, it's more related to the historical brews than modern, lower-strength Scottish ales. And uh, these beers have their roots in the strong ales of the 1700s and 1800s, although formulations and methods have changed. Um, it's also a premium product, often produced for export. So, again, this is not a beer that is going to be brewed up in... In Britain and drank there, they want this is for people that like big alcohol beers. Again, a lot of the British like British Miles and ESBs and stuff that are a little bit lower alcohol. You go and throw them a big giant eight percent. Uh, it's a little bit big, right? Eight to ten percent is big for the the British, uh, and they do typically call bigger beers exports. Yeah, my uh, my folks went over uh, to Great Britain uh, last year and. Uh, my my mom would order, um, you know, beers that were six percent, mm-hmm. and they'd warn her, you know, that that was big. And does she just want a half pint? She's <laughs> yeah. like, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm a, good. <laughs> I'm American. I can drink big beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is it is interesting because, uh, but yeah, a little 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 history there. Also, modern versions have lower starting and finishing gravities than their historical ancestors a little little bit of history there some characteristic ingredients you'll find in these wee heavies well modified pale malt with roasted barley for color they may use some crystal malt for color adjustment and there could be a light smoke character uh, in some versions but this usually derives from roasted grains 
or from the boil. And again, peated malt is absolutely not traditional. So leave the peat malt out of your Scottish wee heavies. All right, John, why don't you go ahead and round off the end of this tasting note segment with some vital statistics? All right, so uh, IBUs, 17 to 35, like we mentioned, just enough to kind of take the edge off of that sweetness. And then alcohol, 6.5 to 10%. So getting up there yeah. for these. Um, so, yeah, the commercial examples, um, the Bellhaven Wee Heavy, uh, Gordon Highland Scotch Ale, uh, Inveralmon Black Friar, mm. McEwen's Scottish Ale, the Orkney Skull Splitter, and Trucker House Ale, which I mentioned on the show like three months ago. I know, and I'm still looking for so. that Trucker House Ale. I've been looking for it every time I go to the store since you mentioned it. I want that beer. But I have uh, I have been drinking some Scotch ales, and I just had the uh, McEwen's uh, Scotch ale. Uh, it's pretty good. I liked it. I, I won't say it's the best Scotch ale I've had, but um, I did enjoy it. I have had the Bell Heavy and Wee Heavy before, and those are the only two that I've had so far from that list. Have you had any more than the Trucker? Uh, I've had the Bell Haven. Okay. Um, I don't think I've had the others, but, you know, Everything that comes here, I I try to take with a grain of salt, just in case, because you don't you have no idea how it was treated true. on its on its voyage. Yeah, so yeah, that's true, that's true. But uh, I've actually been drinking a lot of the McGinnis. Is that McGinnis um, beers from from Scotland? I've had three of them, and they've all been actually pretty good. When was there was there uh, Wee Heavy, and when was uh, uh, two of them were barrel aged. A barrel aged dark ale was really good. Dark ale, it's just a dark ale with um, barrel aging, perfectly done. And then there was a another barrel aged strong ale, I think. And I, I really enjoyed it. I think it's called McInnes. Yeah. Hey Chris, have you had any of these Scotch ales? Are you a Scotch ale fan? I am a Scotch ale fan. Um, and out of all of these, I don't think I've had a single one of their commercial examples. Okay. Okay. I guess well, I got work to do. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. All right. Well, that is our uh, style guidelines, and we'll get right into the tasting notes. All right. Now it's time for our tasting notes segment, and this week we are going to be doing the Dirty Bastard Scotch Ale style from Founders Brewing, and Founders is out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Again, this is the Scotch Ale. Also, we just told you in our... Uh, style guidelines. It's also could be called a wee heavy. It comes in at 8.5% ABV, alcohol by volume. So this is a this is right up there in the middle to high range of the wee heavy style, and it's 50 IBUs, a little bit uh, higher on the IBUs than what they recommended. I think the high on the style guidelines was like 35. So this is a little bit higher in there. It's probably trying to take down some of that sweetness. It comes in. 12-ounce uh, bottles, which is what we're drinking from. It also ha- it can be found on draft, and I think I saw this in cans also, but I might be wrong. Have you seen this in cans before? Yes, I have. Okay, so it comes in 12-ounce cans also. All right, guys. Is it time to crack these open? Yep. All right, let's do it. I don't know. That seemed pretty wimpy on my side. Well, let's go ahead and pour it in our glasses. And luckily, I got myself a big 20-ounce Willie 20 Becker ounce. glass. Oh, yeah. 
because I don't mess around when I'm trying to pour these beers while we're recording. And it's a good thing I didn't because, oh my gosh, I got a big head. Well, you're Denny Loose from Tap the Craft. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we got our beers into our glasses. We can go ahead and start describing the color. And uh, Chris, are, are you in a well-lit room or are you in the dark? I'm semi well lit. All right. What do you see? What do you? How would you describe the color of this beer? So the color of the beer I see is a really, it's a dark amber. From what I can see, is it's not a, not a whole lot of light coming through this one. It has a, a really nice uh, tan head that um, started to hang around for a little while, but it's starting to disappear now that I'm looking at it. But I'm just excited to taste this one because I like this beer a lot. <laughs> okay. Well, how about John, you, John? What are you seeing in your uh, dimly lit room? I got a a deep reddish copper. Whoa. Um, the bit. This is a bit hazy, though, for me. Um, I don't think I could see through this even if I held it right up to that light over there. I'm stretching my arm really far. Um, but uh, yeah. That's about it. I agree. I agree with you. It's definitely hazy, um, but is it hazy because it's a little bit darker in color and I'm having trouble seeing through the darkness? I don't know. It's uh, it does come across a little bit of reddish brown, not brown brown, but reddish light brown. It's it's, it's it is darker coloring. Um, I do have some bubbles coming up out of it, but there is a like a, yeah like an orange or red tint to it. Um, but yeah, I, I'll say this here. And Chris already mentioned the head. I'll say that I poured this thing into my 20-ounce Willie Becker. It's a 12-ounce pour. But I had three fingers head. Um, right now, after we've been talking for a few minutes, I still have a solid one-finger head. Very dense bubbles. Very dense, compact, uh, creamy head. Uh, lacing already sticking to the the side of the glass. Now, of course, I've been using. I did rinse this glass out before I poured this beer, but maybe that's some of the residual beers I've been drinking out of the glass. Um, but yeah, it's a very good looking beer. What about you, John? On the head? Yeah, I had uh, about two fingers. Now have finger and a half. So, but yeah, same really dense bubbles. So I guess we just know how to clean glassware. And uh, Chris is over there with dirty glasses. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Took it straight out of the dish trainer. <laughs> All right, Chris. Well, hey, why don't you go ahead and take a sniff of that dirty-ass glass you have and tell us what you smell. So out of my <clears throat> out of my glass, I get a little bit of, like, sugar, caramel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I... Um, and a little bit of... There's a little bit of toastiness in there. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you on that. Uh, when I take a whiff, I also get some of that uh, toffee caramel flavor. It, but I'll tell you what it, to me it smells like when I smell this. It smells like when I got cotton candy as a kid, and you you know you, and you put your nose up to it and you smell that sugary sweetness out of that cotton candy, that fluffy that fluffy cotton candy smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was gonna say it's almost to me has a bit of that circus peanut type character. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know those little candies. Yeah, those, um, yeah, the candy, the candy peanuts. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, definitely get the toffee uh, in there. 
But yeah, there is there is kind of a raw sugar element to it. Um, however, that is coming across to each of us. Yeah. So. Okay. Good. I th- I think we all kind of had our own in- input, but they we were all kind of around the same, uh, you know, the same thing, which is good. I I like that. Sometimes John, just you and I, we get off and we're like totally opposite. So I'm glad that we're all melding well, at least uh, for the nose yeah. part. Yeah, because tonight, now you don't feel like you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, hey, let's go ahead and take a sip. I know Chris is dying to drink this beer. So let's go take a sip, and then let's describe what we taste in the the first uh, sips of this. Yeah, I didn't wait for you. I heard you gulping over there. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I get a bit of the the toffee notes uh, straight off the bat, a little of that Postiness, uh, actually, almost probably into the roasty yeah. character for me mm-hmm. in the flavor. I agree. Um, but uh, I don't know. how about how about you guys? What do you? Yeah, Chris. definitely definitely get sweetness right up right in the beginning, um, <clears throat> and then I can't really tell too much if it's if it's uh, bitterness from the roast or if it's. I can't tell if it's roast or hop bitterness that I'm getting, which probably shouldn't get a whole lot of that. But good point. No, 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 no. Good, well, good but point. this one has 50, yeah, 50 IBUs, IBUs, so yeah. you might be picking that up a little bit. So that that I, I think Chris is right there. I was trying to figure it out myself, um, and I agree with with what Chris said as far as like I mean, you get that sweetness right up front. You, you you drink, you put the beer in your mouth right away. I get a sense of sweetness. But then, almost as quickly as I get that sweetness, I get some of that. I, that sweetness turns into some what I, what what feels like roasty, roastiness, some roasty maltness. But I'm wondering if it is some of those, some of those uh, hop uh, bitterness coming out and making me perceive that I'm getting a roastiness. But it's really just the the, the hop bitterness kind of toning down some of that sugar. That is in there because because uh, I, I know this. We already read the style guidelines. It's not supposed to be a roasty beer. It's just to be in the British uh, strong ales. It's not supposed to be roasty. It's supposed to be strong without the roastiness. So um, if it was roasty, it would definitely fall outside the style guidelines. But you're right though. There is some sense of of uh, of toasty or roastiness into it. It might be the the hops, but it's it's tough. But yeah, well, I think the founders folks would tell you they don't give a flying flip about those styles. Mm-hmm. So, no, I bet you um, they don't. <laughs> they're just going to brew whatever they want. So, um, but I, I'm actually picking up a, a little bit of that dark fruit character, yeah. um, and maybe that's kind of falling out from that sweetness. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying. It. I'm mostly just drinking and not. Not talking right now. I, I'm enjoying so. it too. I'm enjoying it too. Um, I will say that this this to me isn't typical of a of what I normally would drink a, a wee heavy or a, or a Scotch ale. Uh, it comes across a little bit different, and I like it. I like the fact that this isn't what I'm used to drinking in a Scotch ale. This does have that little bit of bitterness in it, not not finishing so sweet that I'm used to with a Scotch ale. The the bitterness kind of finishes it off a little bit drier, and it gives you a little bit. There is a I think there is a little bit of roastiness in here, and I it's kind of nice. It's it's very very tasty. 
All right, let's talk about the body of of the beer. Um, I don't know. I always get screwed up with the with defining um, the body f- between medium to full. Uh, I mean, it's definitely not light. Uh, really? I would put this squarely <laughs> as light. It's more of a session, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I thought for a second I picked up my water. Yeah. So. I, I mean, is is it is it into the full range, or is it still? I mean, I think it it, it kind of teeters on the full body range. I think. Yeah, I think it's pushing into there. That's that's where I would I would put mm-hmm. it. Yeah, definitely. It's got a, it coats the mouth nicely. I do get a little bit of a, a stringency in the in the sides of my cheeks, but not strong. Just a little bit of a feel there, right? As I, as I, you know, as I drink it, I get a little tug on my cheeks. Not distracting. Um, the carbonation to me, not too heavy, um, but again, it's a it's a it's a thicker, a little bit thicker beer. So maybe the carbonation is is being subdued a little bit. What do you think about the carbonation, John? You're, you're better at picking up carbonation than I am. Uh, I think it's medium. I think it's right. Right. Kind of the standard, what we've come to expect in American made beers. Yeah. How about you, Chris? What do you think about the body? The body's definitely, it's definitely more on the heavier side. Uh, And then the, the, the carbonation, it's, uh, I don't know. It's just right. <laughs> I don't know if you would call it as it. I think it's just right. I, and I'm, I'm with John. I'm just kind of enjoying drinking it more than I am talking about it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so let's roll into the finish since we've talked about the body. Um, uh, the finish to me, it finishes for coming across sweet at front. It finishes dry in the finish, which surprises me because I wasn't expecting it to, to come across as much, especially with the aroma being so strong and, and raw sugar and that initial flavor on your mouth when you sip it, the finish comes out pretty dry. See, I, I get a lot of that sweetness left on my tongue, um, but it just kind of sits there and I'll say melts away a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's not, it's not overbearing in any way. Yeah. Um, but I, I I don't know that I go as far as to call this a dry finish. I would say this is more like a a semi sweet. Um, uh, okay, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll buy a semi sweet. I'll agree with that. I I I don't think it is definitely not as sweet as most Scotch ales I drink are. It definitely comes off with when I and when I when I kind of label the dryness is that. It kind of, you know, it, it leaves a little bit of bitterness in there, right? That some of that stuff lingering in there is a little bit of that bitterness from that 50 IBUs, and it makes it appear to be not as sweet as it really is. So I, you know, it kind of lends. But I will agree with you, John, that maybe that's a, a semi-sweet, not totally dry, not too sweet, just kind of a semi. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I'm kind of with John on this one. It's definitely a semi-sweet, but I kind of also see where the – the bitterness plays a nice uh, yeah. part in it too, because it, it does it balances out really well, mm-hmm. and um, you know it doesn't one flavor doesn't overpower the other one, yeah, which is which is really good. Yeah. Now, now there is a problem with this beer, 
And the problem is, is, is that I just drank this eight and a half percent beer in about five minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the problem, and that that says a lot to the drinkability of this beer and the tastiness of it. Is this a freaking really good <clears throat> beer? I really enjoy this, but uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Now, I just said that I enjoy this beer, but what about somebody that might be new to craft beer? Is this a beer? That we would say, hey, uh, little Johnny, come over here and, and try this. You know, you're you're just turned 21 and you want to try some craft beer. Try this beer. You'll you'll like it. I think they would. Uh, I I definitely think this would be a would be a good start for someone because it it definitely gives uh, some sweetness. It gives some roastiness. It gives some um, some hot bitterness. That I think uh, all around this is just a good beer that uh, I think people could get behind. Okay. John, do you agree with him? No, I don't. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, I've learned from uh, some family members and, and family friends that uh, what I perceive as sweeter beer and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I, they still perceive as super bitter. And something like this that has some of that roasty character and, and the bitterness amps and, up yeah. the IBUs a bit. I think this would still come across as bitter and confusing mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I, I've told the story of, you know, giving somebody a Kolsch yeah. and they said, whoa, that is so bitter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the Kolsch probably had 20 IBUs in it. I mean, <laughs> you know, maybe, uh, but you know, it, it's just, there's a big transition from 10 um, IBUs or whatever, small number they've got in the macros these days. So I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't stop myself from just giving somebody a taste of it, but I don't know that I would say, here's a pint, mm-hmm. you know, cheers. Yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, and Chris, uh, we're not teaming up against you, but I have to agree with John <laughs> that, uh, that uh, this is a beer that I would, yeah, like John said, I might give him a little taste of it just to say, hey, this is what you can work up to. But as far as saying, yeah, you would literally like this beer, I think, like just like John explained, it's got a little too much of some of the stuff that is way over the top for them to, to really grasp. So I have to agree with John that that uh, this is not one I would say, go out and grab this beer and, and drink it because you'll love it. I think there's other scotch or wee heavy styles that might be a little easier to get them into than, than this one for sure. But not that it's not a, a good beer. It's, it's actually a really good beer. Um, but for new people, it might be too much. Okay, how about some glassware? Um, what's the traditional glassware for wee heavies? Um, maybe like a nonic pint yeah. or that uh, like traditional pub glass yeah. type type thing no nope, i agree Pretty good to go yeah okay because that's what i'm drinking mine out of yeah yeah that's uh that's all it's needed it's it's not a uh overly complex beer that's going to need a lot you know a lot of help uh all this beer especially it it has so much going on that you're not going to miss out if you're drinking any glass because it's gonna it's gonna hit you uh it's it's, it's not subtle in any way so yeah it, it's a uh, nonic pint pub glass willie becker even a shaker pint. I think any of those glasses are just fine. All right. It's now time for us to rate this beer. And 
I think we're unanimous, but I'm going to go ahead and start off. And uh, you know, all on the bottom. Yeah. Oh. And uh, we, again, to explain to all of our listeners, in case you're new to the show, how we do our rating, we have a a new rating system that we just started last episode, and this is a three prong system. It's it's either going to fall in one of three categories. It's either going to be bottom of the barrel. These are beers that fall into the the lower third of our beer list. Or it's going to be middle of the road. These are like beers that are right in the middle, somewhere in the middle third. Or it's going to be in the upper crust, the top third of all beers that we've had. And I'm going to say this is definitely an upper crust beer. What about you, Chris? Uh, I Like I said earlier, I enjoy this beer a lot. And uh, anytime it's around, I will definitely drink it. I would call this one uh, in the middle of the road, though. Oh, uh, um, mostly because, um, I don't know why specifically. So you're saying uh, this is between 33 and 66%. Yeah. And, and I think it's because of the, um, the, the variation of it that you can get that's barrel aged. Is called better? back called backwoods bastard. Okay. Uh, I think that one, that's one of my favorite beers is Backwoods Bastard. So this one kind of sits in the middle of the road for me, but I will still drink it all day long. Okay. Hey, that's okay. That's okay. How about you, John? Well, I just like that we're teaming up on Chris here at the end, so I'm going to go upper crust. Um no, I, I I enjoy this beer a lot, and uh, just because I I enjoy Backwoods Bastard doesn't mean I can't also enjoy this beer. So, um, that, that's where I, that's where I'd put it. But I do have, I do have a question before we uh, move on: is uh, how fresh are your bottles? Oh, is mine stamped with May eighteenth that it was bottled? April seventeenth. Oh my gosh, mine is. Uh... February twenty fourth. <laughs> so wait so, a minute. So you had the you had the 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 newest one, John. You had the latest one. I did. And in in Tampa had the next freshest one, and I had the oldest one in Boise. So, and I just bought this beer uh, two weeks ago. So that's a that's pretty interesting. No, well, shipping out that old stuff to the new market. I guess that's right. But but you gotta make sure you take care of your new customers. But honestly, John, this style, the way that we just tasted it, this is one that actually is not going to get disturbed, except for oxidation that might occur. But other than that, it's not going to get disturbed by a little bit longer age. No, I I wouldn't worry about this one. But if I were you, I would now check my dates on all the founder stuff, (laughs) hoppy founder stuff. Okay, you know things that might be impacted. But uh, you'll also notice they do mention peat on this bottle. I didn't pick up any of the smoke character. I, I got no and smoke. Peat. Um, but, uh, yeah. See, I was reading that, too. It's complex and finish with hints of smoke and peat. I, I don't get any. Well, actually, now that I just go ahead and taste my tongue. How do you do that? No, I'm just, I'm just doing that. Um now I might get a hint of smokiness, but honestly, while drinking it, I didn't get any hint of smokiness whatsoever. Um, so that's interesting. But now that you've mentioned it, now maybe it's just subconsciously, I can kind of taste on the back of my tongue. I can kind of taste a little smokiness, which is uh, – I didn't even think about it 
until you said that. But I don't know if I'd call it Pete because Pete would have been way too overbearing if it was that. All right. Yeah. Any any last comments on our Tasty No segment? Drink more of, of Dirty Bastard. Okay. All right, Chris. And we know that you don't like this beer very much because it's in the middle third. It's average. Yeah. Yeah, it's average to me. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, you know what? We have been uh, enjoying ourselves and having a great time, but as all good things have to come to an end eventually, the show must end. But before we end the show, let's go ahead and to- you know raise a glass to some people we like to raise a glass to. So, Chris, who would you like to raise a glass to this episode? Well, I'd like to raise a glass to you and John. I appreciate you guys having me on the show again. Um, it's always a fun time, even though, you know, my beers are average and you guys are, (laughs) you know, top of the list. Um, but no, I appreciate you guys having me on and it's, and I just, I enjoy spending time with you guys. So cheers to you guys. All right. Thanks. And how about you, John? Who do you want to raise a glass to? All right. So nobody, uh, shamed me last episode. So that must mean I I got everybody that backed the campaign. (laughs) Um, or they, or just they don't listen, listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but this week we got another, uh, buddy, Tim Price, uh, back to campaign. So Sweet. He, he picked up the, uh, the ultimate Trek fan package. He's going to be decked out. It's going to look awesome. Awesome. So, hey, thank thanks, you, Tim. Tim. Yeah, for sure. See, Tim, Tim is supporting you and, uh, yeah, he will look awesome in that, in that ball cap and the, uh, glass and the shirt. That's sweet. All right. Well, I have a few people I want to raise. For one thing, I want to thank all of the people on social media that have uh, wished me well wishes for my birthday uh, on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Everywhere has pretty much been uh, saying happy birthday to me, and I really appreciate it. Thank you guys for, for making my day special. And, of course, to you, Chris and John, for joining me on my birthday to record. I thought it was only fair that since we made John record on his birthday that I record on mine also so that we shared we shared it you know I didn't want to give him all the pressure of of losing out on his birthday so but hey it was a great time with you guys thank you for joining me and of course I have to raise my glass to Amanda happy birthday to you uh you know we are Gemini so she must be my Gemini twin since we have the same birthdays and of course I want to also thank Robert to your beer and the Brew Review crew, because I don't know if you heard it, John, but they mentioned your Indiegogo campaign on their last show. And they gave you all kinds of props, and I'm hoping that that helped bring in some more uh, you know, people that want to sponsor and, and join in your Indiegogo campaign. Oh, they gave you guys the BRC bump? The BRC bump. Oh, it's you're gonna go over your goal now. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. We've been getting a, a a ton of support, so I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. So cheers to you guys for uh, for supporting John, and also uh, I just want to uh, say that you know everyone. I don't know if everyone knows, but uh, there wasn't an, an accident out sea uh, with a cargo ship and a U.S. Uh, destroyer uh, did some damage in in the middle of the night. Uh, some sailors were, were uh, lost at sea, potentially, and also died on board when this uh, cargo ship ran into the side of them. Uh, I just want to uh, 
uh, say that, hey, I feel for you guys, and uh, I hope that all the families uh, uh, get some closure on, on the missing sailors. And, yeah, it's it's sad. I hate I hate seeing, for, you know, fellow sailors, uh, you know, get hurt out there because the sea is a big, giant place, but you know what? It's amazing how in that big, vast ocean, two ships could come come and collide together. It, it, it happens sometimes. It's not good. And also, again, being a former serviceman, I just want to raise my glass to all the servicemen and women out there who are protecting our freedoms. Cheers to you. And, of course, Hopcloth. I want to raise a glass of Hopcloth apparel for partnering up with us. And I encourage all of our listeners to go visit their site at www.hopcloth.com and check out their creative craft beer clothing. And, of course, tell them that Tap the Craft sent you. And don't forget our contest. You can win a shirt from Hopcloth. Just check out our Facebook page. And, of course, you can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned on the show in the show notes located on the show post at openformio.com. And if you would like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Loose Screw. And, John, how can our listeners follow you? Twitter at Prime Brewing, untapped Prime WA. You can follow the brewery, Trek Brewing, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Trek Brewing, or visit the website, trekbeer.com. And, you know, there there was a rumor going around that homebrewengineer.com had something up. What? Just saying. No way. <laughs> Just saying there's a rumor going around. I thought I that site I don't went... know. I can't speak to it. I but, thought it went uh, out that of business. That guy's my favorite. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, hey, Chris. How can our listeners follow you? Because I know that they love hearing about all your great beer antics. All right. So you guys can follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie 82, or you can follow me on untapped and Instagram at MCK one, three, four, five. And of course you can always follow me or find me at the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash tap the craft. All right, guys, it is last call. It's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you all for downloading and listening to the show. We ask you to please tell a friend about a show. And, of course, subscribe on iTunes and all the other great podcasting apps out there. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Yeah, you don't have the uh, rabbit ears quite in the right spot yet. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, 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 yeah. That feels good. Yeah. <laughs> Chris? Are you there? Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't know if this is getting fun or getting <laughs> What'd you do? What'd you do different? It was working last time we were on. All right. Well, fair warning. I'm about to unplug everything and plug it back in. <laughs> okay. I don't want to hear you crying. Okay.
staticky and he's talking through a sock from like 30 <laughs> feet away. God, really? What the hell? <laughs> 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 Poor Chris. Did you have a good birthday? Well, I mean, I I worked all day, so yeah, I guess it was fantastic. <laughs> everything you ever wanted. It's it. everything. Yeah, yeah. It it summarizes my uh, my life: work, work, and more work. But as I've been saying, I'm one year closer to retirement, so that's a good thing. One year closer to slinging pints. That's right. So I'm still <sighs> staticky, huh? No, no. Well, wait. Yeah, I get some, I got some light popping like happening. That's just your head. Oh. How about now? Talk. How about now? Sounds Sorry, great. Static now. I don't hear anything. How about you, John? Don't move. Don't move. Okay. Don't touch anything. It's perfect. Perfect. My other beer. Did he leave? Yeah, he went to go get a beer. Okay. I'm going to go make sure this door is shut to this floor so that okay. cause I'm, he- I'm hearing people downstairs too. Either that okay. or I need to go yell, be quiet, quiet, podcasting. <laughs> we got important stuff going on. This is going to be an interesting episode. Really? It's going great now. We're on the roll. We're ready I, to roll. I'm four beers in, Denny. That's nothing. That's normal. <laughs> I started drinking an hour ago. <laughs> I just got, I got home just a little over an hour ago. <laughs> Me too. Right, well, yeah. I just uh, I, I'm only on my second beer, so I'm actually the most. This is probably the most soberest uh, show I'm going to be on uh, since we started recording a, this. One of mine was a dirty bastard, though. Oh, you you already pre-tasted it. Well, I had to. There's five more to go. <laughs> When I'm sitting at work, I'm like, "Holy cow, John's on on Facebook again." Let, let me let me tell you, he's been That's on right. Facebook and Twitter more in the last two weeks than he's been on the six years that I've known him. Hey, now you know what makes me tick. <laughs> money, it's all about that money, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and and Kristen saying, "Go share that post." Yeah. Did you like the post? Have you shared the post yet? I put up another post. <laughs> Did you comment on that one? I think you should comment on that one. Yeah, it's like, what, are we just going to talk to each other on there? It's like, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Get the word out. Get the word out. All right. Well, now it's time for our brew buzz. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm already I'm, I'm getting tired here. Or not. Yeah, okay. Okay, take two. We are going to discuss the British Wee Heavy style guidelines in accordance with the Beer Judging Certification Program 2015 style guidelines. I said that right, right? Oh, yeah. yeah okay. You did. I was just letting you own the moment. Oh, yeah. Then you, it was you so good. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Now, that's right, John. I'm not totally out to lunch, right? The Wee Heavy one? Um, I would beg to differ. What? Yeah, it's it's number fourteen B, the Scottish Heavy. No, the Scottish mm. Heavy is is still below eight percent. Is it? I think so. A B. Oh no, that is definitely not it. Yeah, I 
I think you're you're probably right here. Of course, I'm right. We, we right, heavy. Yeah, the we heavy. I don't have the the guidelines open in front of me, but I that's where I would think. Oh yeah, seventeen C. So. Okay. I do have the guidelines open in front of me. <laughs> uh, yep, that's the one you typed in. Okay. 